there's there's a there's a there's a lag, man. It's rough. Really sorry, Bronx. No, 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 no. It's, it's I mean, hopefully it gets better as well. Yeah, this isn't gonna work. Oh, okay. Let me see. Okay, testing. Can you, can you hear yeah. me clearly? Still ten. I I can hear you clearly, um, but your your image is frozen. Okay. Awesome. My image is frozen. All right. Okay. Uh, I might try to change locations. So please give me one okay. second. I'm gonna try to change. Give it a shot. All right. Yeah. yeah.
Hold on. Yeah, hello? Oh, no. Hello. Yeah, okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, um, sorry about that. I think I had to move and maneuver, but I think I'm good now. I think the network is no worries. Yeah, okay. So uh, I still can't see you. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, yeah, all good. Okay, so yeah, I think the lag is gone. Yeah, much, okay. much, much, much better now. Way better. Scale of 1%. Okay. On a scale of one ten, how how, how, um, how good is it? I think it's probably an eight or a nine. Like eight or a nine. Okay, okay, that's that's yeah. very very durable. Yeah, okay, okay or so. a ten. To be honest, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> okay, okay, so um, I might just have to did the whole fifty minutes I spent trying to get ready. Yeah, but uh, I think we're good. Think no we're worries, good. and thank you. I, I see there's some people still logged in, so thank you to them. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks. We're gonna have to do a lot of editing on this, but hey. Okay, so uh. You ready? Ready to go? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. So, uh, three, two. So, hey, good evening, everyone. Uh, sorry for the lag and delaying transmission, but uh, we are right back. We are right back. We are good. Hola, how you doing? How you doing this evening? How you good, doing? good. Okay, okay. So, you are welcome to the fourth episode of the Bamboo Sticks podcast. And today, we will be talking with Fola Olatunji David. Fola is a business advisor and a strategy consultant for African-focused startups, VC funds, and investors. He has worked with thousands of startups and SMEs in various sectors across Africa. And until recently, he was the head of startup success for Google in Africa. Prior to Google, he led Ventures Platform Startup Accelerator and worked as the vice president of business development of, at Venture Garden Group, Nigeria, where he led the group's fintech division. He has also had prior experience working at Cardinal Stone Partners, Nigeria, 90 East Financials, Mauritius, Set It, Nigeria, UK, Stambic IBTC, Nigeria, and UCL Advances, UK. Okay, so far that's quite a that's quite a lengthy bio you have there. That's, that's really lengthy, <laughs> really impressive. And uh, what I can see, there's just a lot of diversity in the sense that you have been around all around Africa and the world just yeah. getting your feet wet with regards to the startup industry. So uh, yeah. would you mind telling us for the first question, like how did you get started in the tech industry? Like what was your first memory of the whole, um, like the whole, getting to the whole ecosystem? Like? So I, I, I like to think I had maybe two or three intros into the tech ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously my very formal, my formal one was coming back um, and, and joining VGG, which is about five years ago, Venture Guardian Group. Okay. Um, but, but even going back in time, so, um, I'd worked, so high school, and, and this is way before the tech ecosystem, but, but my first gig was actually designing party, party invites. So party in invites. High, yeah, okay. so in, 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 in secondary <laughs> school would, uh, would throw, so I went to King's College and, um, okay. so King's College always had parties, Queens College Party, parties, yeah. ISL and everybody. And my parents were strict, but um, uh, they they allowed me to do my business. My business was designing IVs and printing and essentially getting into, into that ecosystem. So people would send their ideas uh, and I will um, design it and get it printed and, and charge them a premium. So essentially printable, but mm. but almost 20 yeah. years ago. Well, 20 so years I, ago. 
I, I, I'm saying principle, but almost 20 years ago. So that was my first foray into understanding business and, and IT and whatnot. But, uh, but in the tech ecosystem as it exists today, I would say mm. probably about five, six years ago. Oh, okay. Five, six years ago. So uh, compared to the, for the, the last five, year, five to six years that you've been in the Nigerian tech sector till now, yes. 2020, uh, what major changes and advances have you seen? We've seen a rise in the amount of Nigerian startups that get accepted yeah. into uh, American VC uh, capital. And we're just noticing that there's been a shift. You see a lot of platforms, even ours like Bamboo, over the past couple yeah. of years that you know, startup and seem to be doing pretty well. Like, but yeah. for someone like me, I just got started maybe last year. Over the past five to six years, how much of a shift has there been? Like, what type of change have you seen that's really impressed so, you? So what I will say is, um, uh, first of all, ecosystems evolve all the time. And um, ours has generally evolved um, for, the, for the positive, so the net positive. Um, so, um, so my foray back uh, five, five, about five years ago, um, I first came and I, I reached out to a bunch of people. Hey, um, I'd like to understand what you're doing. I'd like to understand what you're doing. And people were very friendly. People were very accepting. Um, people uh, agreed to have that, you know, that chat, that coffee, yeah. um, that meeting. And and I would say that still exists today. Um, mm. What you will see, though, is a lot of shift in terms of where the attention is. So uh, 2014, 2015, attention was really, really e-commerce. And uh, mm. it was it was mainly e-commerce. And uh, and then you started seeing some some traction in uh, in. Uh, video on demand so iroko in particular and uh, and a few funds starting yeah. again but it was mainly e-commerce the party was uh junior conga deal day back in the day uh what i will say is the ecosystem has evolved a couple of times uh right now obviously everybody's shouting fintech um they, there was very recently a, a, a an ag tech blip where the um fan crowdies the thriver greeks where they came right now it's fintech but but you're starting to see that uh, we're now breaking down fintech into mm. not just because uh, most people when they think fintech now they think payments uh, at the back of their mind they're thinking pay payments but you can break down fintech into so many layers from payments mm. collections agent banking credit uh, investments and asset management so um, I would say what what has has definitely happened uh, in the past few years is people are getting paid more yeah. uh, which is always a good thing. Um, I remember trying to hire a developer in 2015 and the average ask for a developer at the time was no jokes, probably about 60, 70 K uh, wow. for a mid-level developer. Yeah. yeah. For oh, a mid-level so. developer who was scarce. And, and that's oh. one thing I like to tell people, these people were not the guys running up and down on the road. Now. Yeah. So right now, I mean, if you want to do that, you're probably looking at good 250, 300 K um for starters you know that's where you start the conversation from or you're probably looking at a thousand dollars a month for that same level so uh and if you compare that you extrapolate with how much um what a banker or an analyst or a business development expert or a teacher um it doesn't really transpose like proportionately so i would say definitely uh, people are getting paid more um people are still as friendly uh but the ecosystem has generally evolved knowledge is now more widespread a lot more people know how to do a lot more things so that's that's one thing that has changed okay so like how, what would you say about uh platforms like twitter because that's where we reached out to you on would you say oh like yeah now it's more 
it's because now you have um, bc twitter yeah yeah they've oh, yeah, also yeah, broken yeah. that down into categories as well yeah so uh, absolutely uh it's so it's it's we, we've always had platforms it we've always had platforms from stone age where we had village squares uh you know <laughs> Yeah, there's always been that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to MySpace, to High Five, to Facebook, to LinkedIn, to Tugo, to Linda Ikeji's blog comment section. Um, so, so <laughs> yeah, or Insta blog, Insta blog comment yeah. section, or um, uh, there's Shinwa Shewa's um, Naira Land. So we've yeah. always had platforms. Um, what we see is that the, 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 the general shift in terms of what... Um, what is acceptable you know people make the platform it's not the technology so if everybody comes and decides that you know what yo let's all move to um i don't know if bamboo now has a a a blogging platform a micro blogging platform and everybody says we're going to bamboo we're going to bamboo yeah um it it it, at the end of the day um it's the utility that you find these platforms that you find from this platform I've seen at least a hundred versions of Twitter for Africans. Like people come and say, yeah. well, I'm, I'm like, yo, fuck out of here, man. Nobody's trying to listen to you. <laughs> yeah, I get that. What do you, you think, know, what so, you think uh, it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. What do you think it is with Twitter? What do you think it is with Twitter that makes it such a hub for, you know, venture capital and tech? Is it, you know, just that uh well, how do I say the it's real it's relatively easier compared to other platforms to, you know let your ideas be known just the format it's set up like why aren't people on facebook more instagram instagram is a pretty like everyone i've noticed that a lot of twitter uh industry leaders in tech especially in nigeria and tech and uh bc a lot of them aren't too active on instagram i don't even know do you have an instagram account because i checked that i couldn't find it like what, so what, what I, is that? I have I have an Instagram. Is that a Zuckerberg account? thing? You guys just don't like Zuckerberg. You guys just don't I, want I, to be on it. Anyways, no, well, we're all on WhatsApp. We're all on WhatsApp. <laughs> okay, you know, okay, okay. So okay. I, have, so I, have an Instagram, I have an Instagram account, but um, someone did the maths for me. I post three times a year, an average of three times a year. And Whoa. it's literally the same set of three pictures. So one is always my mother's, <laughs> my mother's birthday. On her birthday, yeah. And then, and then I post uh, my wife. Mm-hmm. I just post my wife just hanging out, and then I post my sisters. Okay, okay. Like okay. It's, just it's take all the boxes. Same. I think yeah. I've had Instagram for probably four or five years, and I have mm-hmm. I don't know twenty twenty five pictures, and it's the same set of That's pictures. Um, but but I mean, in just its use, uh, Twitter has the sense of just dumping your thoughts. It's microblogging. It's dumping your thoughts. It's having it travel far and wide. I mean, sometimes I humor myself when I look at my impressions. And I'm seeing people engaging with it in Bolivia. I'm seeing people engaging mm. with it. And the, the, the nature of, of the networks um, and, and how it travels far and wide is the same way. Uh, it goes both ways. So you see information from far and wide and you, you also access. Now, there is that tendency for, um, for bubbles to exist where That's you true. all start speaking to yourself in your echo chamber. Uh, That's true. But, That's true. But, 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 so and that's where you hear things like Black Twitter or Tech Twitter or yes, Niger Twitter. Yes, Twitter. Yes, um, that's true. And sometimes you see uh, a stray South African strange Tech Twitter. <laughs> just straight with that. And they attack the I person. Just... Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? You know, so, um, so I, I guess it's it's both the blessing and the curse. The blessing because curse, you can yes. quickly um, create a tribe of people who you follow and listen mm. to very quickly. Without that finality or that totality of Instagram. Because Instagram mm. is... Like I have thirty pictures there 
on Twitter, I post a picture every other day and yeah, I don't have yeah. to pose. I don't have to do anything. It's like the way Snapchat became progressive. Yeah. It just comes. Yeah, Twitter, yeah. it's, it's, more for, it's, it's more for ideas than Instagram. Yeah. Instagram and, and, you can a, quickly, and you can quickly pull, uh, mm, pull together different opinions on the spot. Yeah. yeah. It's easier to have conversations like poorly. So exactly. what, do you, what, what do you do as a, someone that's in the tech space? You know, that's a pretty, like you said, niche environment. It's like got everyone there kind of, you know, in their own thing. It's very easy to stay within your own world and get ideas that, you know, further, what's the word I'm looking for, that further justify the way you're thinking. It's hard to get, like you said, people from outside um, of the diverging opinions, let's say. Yeah. What do you do to make sure you don't just stay stuck in the bubble that you try and like, do you try to follow other pages outside of your, um, yeah. your niche? Absolutely. Like, do you try to go, is that something you actively do? I, so I, I definitely do that. Um, so, so I'm, I, I curate my experience on Twitter. Um, and it's not just now, like um, people ask me that. So um, I feel like I'm very noisy on Twitter. I feel like I talk a lot, but people are like, no, you talk once or twice a week or, I mean, the lockdown has definitely given me more time. <laughs> but yeah, um, sure. but what, what I've always done is I've always kept a decent ratio of people who I follow. And, uh, and, and I follow people who challenge, uh, who have their own thoughts. So, um, I don't follow people who are just, I mean, and by your own thoughts, it needs yeah. to be, it needs to be coherent. It needs to be, it, it, needs, to be, it needs to make sense. Um, but uh, it needs to challenge me. I follow people who um, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Or I didn't see it from mm. that perspective. So that's what I do. Um, I also follow people from different um, sectors. So I don't that's just stick to tech Twitter. Mm. I look at people who are in arts. I look at people who are in uh, comedy, the humanities, science. I just follow them mm. to just, so just learn a new word. Uh, it's a thing that I do. That I just want to always learn a new word. Learn, learn something. New yeah. Concept. So, and, and, and again, it's, it's, it's all in that journey to be a more balanced individual. For sure. One, one of the things that um, Elon Musk, um, and I hate to be quoting him, or um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> one of the things that you can learn from Elon Musk is his approach to First, being a smart individual, because nobody can argue that he's a smart individual. Smart, for sure, uh, yeah. You might not like but him, then, but he's smart, yeah. Yeah, he's a smart individual, but he just takes um, knowledge from payments to cars to rockets. Mm, yeah, uh, you know, he's, sure. just, he's just taking that knowledge yeah. uh, and being like, okay, how do we apply first principle? Right, how do we uh, apply and transfer that knowledge across board? So that's what I do, mm, definitely, um, yeah, in, in, sure. that, in that regard. For sure. And I think that's what we're trying to do with this podcast as well. You know, creating a melting pot with people from exactly. different industries. You know, a lot of, dis you know, a lot of these uh, disciplines and principles that you say, they cut across industries. It, you know, you can take something from yeah. uh, finance, apply it to law. You know, it, it's not just a one-size-fits-all thing. It's something definitely that we enjoy and we try yeah, to promote here. And, 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 and to be honest, so there's one thing. Um, so when you asked earlier about getting into the tech space, um, I remember specifically... Um, uh, so my experience wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I just came, I just came London, Nigeria, and they're like, yo, tech space, take, <laughs> here's, here's your yeah. invite. Because uh, I, get, I get this question a lot, that where do you start from, uh, where do you connect with people? And, 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 and the first person who I really connected with, um, Fumbi of uh, uh, Passion Incubator and Lead Space, um, we connected over books. We literally connected over books. So you know how you you like cold email or whatnot. We are connected on LinkedIn yeah. where yeah, I don't know how, but then we connected and the only reason why we stuck around was books. 
and we just started mm. talking about books that we read and books well, that we read. Can you remember was, what? Can you remember what books you were like? Some, some of the you know. So, I remember the exact book that okay. I, I and, and I hope he watches this and he remembers that he's still <laughs> owing me my book. there's a a book called the mom test i would never forget and and the funny story about the mom test is um so it's written by a guy called rob fitzpatrick it's uh, um how to talk to customers um how to ask questions and make sure that customers um don't lie to you and this was in 2016 uh no this was 2015 now uh the reason why i wouldn't forget is i reported fumbi to his partner taiwo Okay. Uh, to his business partner Taiwo, and I was like, Fumi took my first copy of this book, and I only have one left. And Taiwo was like, "Oh, let me see that book." Oh, and then I gave it to him, and now he also didn't give me my book back. So you had so two between, copies, and now zero. Between two of them, they two have my like two copies. <laughs> but but it's one of the books um, that uh, I read, and I still recommend up up to this day. Um, I'm a mm. huge um, books person. I, I believe yeah. we we get more knowledge from reading. For sure. uh, from reading people's perspectives of life. I don't read traditionally from cover to cover. I, mm. I treat it more like an encyclopedia where I, so I just glance, open up. Uh, I just open, I just glance through the uh, glossary, glance through the uh, table of content. Mm. I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. And I read that and I drop it. And sometimes that's all I've read in that book. Um, oh, yeah, sure. yeah. And there's some books that I've read 10 times, that, but I've never finished. Well, which ones? Which ones? Which ones have you read ten times but never finished? Um, so Don't be so prosper- niche. Prosperity paradox. <laughs> so prosperity paradox. Okay. Is, okay. I've heard of that. A bri- it's Gallo. a brilliant book. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, you can plug it here. Right yeah. Yeah, I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. it's a brilliant Plug. book. I've read I've read it at least ten times, but I've never finished it. Like I've never started and said, "Oh, now mm-hmm. I'm done." I guess it's it's that fear that when you actually do finish the that, ideas resonated with you that much. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, I mean when when, when uh, okay. the way yeah. they describe different types of innovation um, from market changing of innovation and, and the way they break it down, it every time when you're when you're gauging a new opportunity, you ask yourself that okay, does this does this create a new market? Uh, is this uh, uh, and if it does create a new mm. market, what are ecosystems can you build around that? And um, I don't want to get too technical, but it's one of those things that you you kind of treat like a manual as you're gauging op- opportunities. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So, uh, yeah, that's one thing uh, I think, sorry, sorry for that. Uh, that's one thing uh, I was trying to tell us today, you know, just if you are going to be on Twitter or whatever uh, platform you use, try to reach out, try to network, you know, and discuss a whole lot. You never know what uh, common ground you guys might find. Like some of the oh, yeah. books that he had just happened to stumble upon someone who shared the same thing. And now yeah. they have pretty much a, you know, multi-year friendship from that. Uh, oh, yeah. So next question I want to ask you is, uh, from your bio, we could tell that you uh, came from the UK, came from the UK, uh, and uh, you were in the startup uh, industry there as well. So yeah. compared to, I want you to compare your experience in the UK versus the one you've had here so far in Edinburgh. You know, what trends have you seen overlap? What things differ in terms of like the culture, the people, and you know, just that startup space in general? Can you give us like a brief, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, the first, the first thing is when you think about um, the pyramid of needs um, in terms of things that, that are grossly needed, um, at, the very base, uh, at the very base are your um, basic um, food, shelter, infrastructure, um, and, and that's where we are as a continent. That's where Africa is as a continent. 
Um, so whether infrastructure is like power or infrastructure is like payments infrastructure, we have the base. Um, the UK's ecosystem is definitely a lot more mature, um, but it's also um, looking into, uh, at least at the time where I was there, was looking into um, immigrant powered, um, like an influx of immigrants. So how do we get more people to come work on, on our businesses? How do we um, get more talent inbound? Well, the African ecosystem has just been facing fundamentals. How do we um, get people to work quickly, uh, right hailing? How do we deliver foods quickly? How do we just order and make sure that what you ordered is what you get? So uh, in terms of maturity, the, the UK ecosystem was a lot more mature, uh, is a lot more mature. Um, London in particular is considered the fintech capital of the world or was considered. Um, I, I, th I think it still is. And so at the time, a lot of the businesses I was seeing were focused on um, financial services and they were uh, serving the financial district. Um, I also did run a university accelerator and it's just interesting when you see the difference between university uh, type businesses here and university type businesses in, in London. So um, there they were looking at uh, fashion type startups, um, uh, they're looking at AI type startups. Uh, they're looking at um, learning for children, uh, and 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 that's those are what they're solving. In in Nigeria, you you find startups that are looking at uh, creating power, alternative means of electricity. Uh, you find food delivery or or sharing economy type. Okay, I give you my laptop today. You give me a mobile phone. That those type of things. So. Um, I will say that um, the, our pyramid of needs were at different phases. Uh, and so uh, what the UK ecosystem was looking out for were totally different from what we've been looking out for. The, also, the other thing is, um, as welcoming as it was, the UK wasn't home. And um, it's just the truth. It's, it's what it is. Um, ultimately, sometimes you just want to build for home. You just want to build for a problem that you truly, truly understand. And, and so building in, in Nigeria, building across Africa, it's, it's a problem that you resonate, that resonates with you. It's a problem that you know somebody that personally has yeah. that problem. Um, I, 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 I consulted for TaskRabbit at, at some point while I was in, in the UK. And I was going to people's houses, I mean, just doing research, user research, and trying to understand. And for some of the things that I was seeing, I was like, this is a problem. This is what you're paying 20 pounds an hour for this. Okay, <laughs> you know, but, but in, in, in Nigeria, I can almost relate to even things that are considered bottom of the pyramid, like agent banking. I can almost relate to the market woman, relate to that on a personal uh, you know, who can, who can go to the bank. So it makes it very personal. So your conviction is sometimes more strong or stronger, sorry. So you, you, your first foray into startups was in the UK, right? Was um, that the first time in uh, the so, startup industry? So, so technically, no. So technically, no. So um, okay. when, when I left my very first job um, in, in, well, my first banking formal job, um, post-internships, uh, in 2009, I set, up a, I set up a tech consulting shop. So in 2009 in Nigeria, um, I set up a tech consulting shop where we were building, we were basically replicating SAP. So I don't know if you're familiar with uh, SAP. Uh, is an, the, the whole I ERP solution. Explain, explain so SAP is, uh, is the most popular ERP solution. ERP is, uh, so SAP is the name of the company and the product, but they build ERPs, enter, enterprise resource planning software. So 
um, think of softwares that have an intranet that big companies can use. So in one, on one platform, um, the finance guys can post their, um, the finance guys can post their, um, their receivables, their billables, everything. On the same platform, the yeah. CEO can see a dashboard. On the same platform, the sales guys can, can, can mark their customers. Okay. On the same platform, HR can manage employees and whatnot. So it's, it's, it's one big bundle. And at the time, um, SAP essentially was charging people a premium. We're talking millions of naira per year uh, to use it. But small businesses needed this, um, but they couldn't access it. So what I was doing, but they didn't need everything. What you find is a small business with three people doesn't need the HR model. They don't need the, um, the supply chain model because they're, they're doing their delivery themselves. Um, so what I decided was I would look for the three most important models and I would build a version and then I'll start selling it. So I did that for a bit. Um, so that was my proper real for it in 2009 so that's actually set it um on my on my profile so i've always had that as a running company since 2009. hello have i lost you no no i'm still here the all right network is just on spot okay here we're back okay so uh yeah you were talking about so what what i wanted to ask is when as opposed to when you were in the uk and when you came back you know, those are pretty, like you said, they're pretty, like those are countries at different stages of their cycle. You know, Nigeria yeah. is kind of dealing with more infrastructural problems in the UK, they're further along. Were there things you had to unlearn? Were there, oh, yeah. you know, were there, when you came back, were there changes that, okay, you were, you kind of thought bringing back some things you learned from the UK coming back to Nigeria? Because I know that's a, that's a thing, you know, a lot of tech startups and uh, individuals, entrepreneurs face it, yeah. you know trying to bring some principles and some uh, things you do in the UK, bringing them back to Nigeria. And a lot of times it doesn't seem to work out quite as well, just because it, just because of the difference in the culture and whatever. But were there any things that you had to force yourself to unlearn and, you know, oh, yeah. maybe take a step back and approach things pretty differently? How was that learning curve for you coming back um, to Nigeria? So, um, absolutely. There, there, was, there was a lot of things that, um, that I definitely had to... Um, to change my mindset around, um, there was, so one thing for me is because even, so immediately after university, I was back in Nigeria, my, my undergrad, um, I worked for a few years, went back for, for masters, worked for a few years. I came back, worked a few years. Uh, and I did that three times. So one of the things that happened for me is I never fully unplugged from Nigeria. So whether it was every summer that I was back yeah, here okay. doing an internship or always on the phone with um, business people or just chasing, just chasing, chasing opportunities around. So I never fully unplugged from Nigeria. So that uh, cognitive, uh, cognitive uh, disconnection that people have, I, I never really had that. Um, but I will say that after spending extended periods out of the country, okay. um, you, your, your expectations for people and, and um, the mindset that people had, it, it was a bit different. So, especially from the UK. So a lot of people who you work with at, at the UK, uh, because it's an international community, it's, it's so international that everybody is there to hustle. I don't know if that makes any sense. So everybody, yeah, every day, everybody is there to hustle. So they're on, they're, to make it, yeah. they're on their, they're, they're, 
coming straight, they're coming correct to work every day because they are probably on a work visa or a student visa and that they have a goal. So everybody's driven. Yeah, so um, unlike here, that is essentially home for a lot of people. So um, people have that safety net, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But just understanding that people's levels of motivation are different um, was one of, was me personally. That was one of the toughest things I had to understand. I was like, Hard look, yeah. I was like, look, there's no time. There's no time. Why are you like, we need to get to this. And they're like, yeah, we chill. We do it. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. so that, that, I, I guess that was one of the things uh, that was very different for me that, that I had to ad- adapt to. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely relate with that part of you know Nigeria just being, you know, we're a little bit more comfortable as opposed to when you're in another person's country. <clears throat> yeah, and you're on a time limit. You know, you have X amount of time to get your green card or yep. whatever. So you know, yep. it lights a different kind of fire in you to be able yep. to pursue your goals. So for sure. Let, let, let's think about this a little bit. But do you think that we can? What do you think we can do to eventually get to that level? You know, is it going to be through? government-related program, do you feel the government has to come in and, you know, try to invest a little bit more in tech? Do you think it's going to be private individuals that are going to carry the mantle for a while? Like, what do you think it is? Because if you look at a place like the, the States, you know, a lot of the initial foray into research and development in tech was initially done by the government before the private sector stepped in and took control. Do you, how do you feel? Do you think we are going to have to use that playbook or do you feel like just because we are Nigeria, we are Africa, we're going to have to do something differently like compared to what, what they did? How do you feel we're going to, you know, kickstart our entrepreneurial uh, fire in terms of tech? So, so I, I mean, I love the government. I've, I've worked for the government. I've worked with the government before. Um, and I say this with every iota of love and respect for them, but innovation will happen in spite of the government. Um, innovation in Africa will happen in spite, but along with the government. So uh, I don't necessarily think um, the government is going to be the one who, that are going to set up the right things that would spur. Um, I do think that they'll create the right opportunities for, for entrepreneurs to find um, that, that, um, that sweet spot to, to, to create. Um, the, what the government will always give is leverage and authenticity. Um, so authenticity in the sense that, I mean, you, you're, as a businessman in Africa, you're literally one regu- regulation away from being away a criminal. From, yes. Yeah, you're literally, not, not, even, not mm. even your business dying, from being an actual criminal, you're just one law away. Um, <laughs> well, and, we, saw, we saw with uh, Golkata and Max Engie earlier yeah, this year. Yeah, Golkata, Max Engie, um, and just before them, remittance, um, when the CBN just essentially wiped them and declared everybody's business illegal, all the money transfer businesses as, 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 as someone that's so entrenched in the startup, and how, how, how do you feel when you wake up and see stuff like that? You know, just companies that seem to be doing pretty well, you know, carving a niche from innovating, you know, just going on their merry way and, and just one day yeah. with on the whims of like an administration just takes that all away from them. You know, how does that feel? As, I'm pretty sure you've talked to people outside of Nigeria and that's yes. like, you know, where, where, how do they? Yeah. How, how how do they think about that? Does that you know hamper foreign direct investment to our country? Do people just is that like oh okay that's a turn off for us? We're not going to so, be able to come into Nigeria. Does that affect so you, people getting you know? You you know the thing is I I actually I was speaking to a group about this earlier in the week, and and my honest answer was I don't know how to 
so I mean, I, they started the conversation with, are you bullish or bearish about Nigeria? I'm like, I'm, I'm bullish, man. Let's do this. Let's do this. And they're like, oh, how do you see the trend? I'm like, it's all on the rise. And then they started speaking about legislation. And, and they asked the question. I said, look, legislation is shit. And they haven't found the sweet spot. And they said, so what is your advice for people who are asking? And, and the honest answer is, I really don't know. And I've thought about this for the whole week since I said that. I think it was on Monday. I really don't know. Um, what I do know is that... Uh, a, a, an economy that doesn't switch up and um, build the, from the rule of law to the fairness and, and fairness in terms of opportunities for everybody to start a business. So right now what you see is it's, it's lopsided in terms of the legislation that we have as, as, as a country. So in a bid to regulate most sectors, what they've done is they've created a barrier of entry uh, that doesn't allow a startup in the real sense uh, of a yeah. startup to come in. It allows incumbents to diversify. It allows mm. big money to come in. It allows um, uh, foreign, it actually does allow foreign uh, money to come in. It doesn't allow foreign money to go out. It doesn't allow small businesses like micro SMEs to, to yeah. launch. Uh, and and mm. if you don't have, if you don't have a strong legal system that can mm. back, the legislation protect, what you're yeah. going to do is, yeah. yeah yeah nobody's protected uh and 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 i don't know like i'll be honest i don't know i i, I wish i did i wish i had some uh kill switch that i could always say that when the government is misbehaving i'll be like hey, 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 yeah, hey. Yeah, yeah but 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 sadly i don't um what well, the the system i will say that has worked and i used to be an unbeliever before um mm. Well, I went down to Kigali a couple of times uh, in the past oh, few I've years. I've heard good things about Rwanda. Yeah, heard, and I've heard, seen heard it. really good things about mm. And what I'll say is, uh, if, if I were to break down what the fundamental difference is, mm. in most parts of the continent, what the government say is, hey, you're doing investment. They wait for you. You start doing investment when you're small, they're like, you're too small. And when they see that you have hit, especially when you, that TechCrunch article has written your name, name or yeah. that TechPoint article has written your name, then they come knocking your door and they say, hey, you have contravened XYZ, and so we're going to shut you down. And that, that stifles um, innovation. But it happens in every low-trust environment. So Nigeria is doing business here as low-trust. So the, the lines between a legitimate business and MMM are very blurred. So, so, so they, the government has to have those legislations in place. Otherwise, people keep getting scammed and nothing to protect them. But what I've seen happen in Rwanda is the government says, okay, while that idea is still forming in your head, while you mm. still have soap on your head from being in the shower, okay, sure. okay. come to us. Mm. Let's look at this, our laws together. Let's yeah. see if this thing makes sense, if you are creative. Because it, it, it saves you the time, it saves you the energy, it saves you the money. It puts you in bed with the government early, but it yes. also creates an opportunity for you to create a new market. Uh, because ultimately, innovation will always outpace regulation. People will always be thinking far ahead. Regulation. regulation. Yes, for sure. It's always catching up. Yeah, for sure. So regulation is always catching up. So what you want to do, or what the government is saying in, in Rwanda is come to us, Let's see if our regulation can catch up with you quicker so that we don't have to throw you in jail or something. So, I feel, and, and, I, yeah. I feel like tech is one of those very, very few because there's something we say in fitness. It's you can never out-train a bad diet. And, you know, I feel tech is one of those outliers when you try to use that principle. It's, 
I feel you can always, the, oh, like you said, exactly the way, but you, the government is always catching up in terms of regulation. You know, you can, there are so many little pockets here and there that people are just innovating day in, day out. It's hard for the government yeah. to keep track. You know, if we just keep going down that, my, my, my issue with Nigeria is, or where, where, where the sticky point for me is, you know, where are a lot of people going to get funding? You know, even, you know, going to the States to get, you know, VC backed by some, yeah, Y Combinator, all that. It's, it's pretty tough. It's not the easiest yep. thing. It's not the most accessible. So what do you feel needs to be done? Do you feel like we need to have more, what's the word I'm looking for? Just more VC firms coming up in Nige. Maybe people from diaspora coming back in to invest, you know, really taking on that mantle of, okay, if the government isn't going to be doing that much because you really can't blame them. If you look at the average age of politicians, it's, you know, they're not really in that tech space. So, yeah. you know, you really yeah. can't blame them. Do you, do you feel we're going to have, need to have more of an, <clears throat> an, so, so, of an influence? So, I mean, when I hear the question around um, funding and access to finance, um, I, I always throw it back and, and ask, okay, do you invest? But I can ask you if you invest, because I mean, but I throw it back and, and when people typically say yes, I'm like, okay, so what, what, what do you like to look at when you want to invest? And common answer I hear is, oh, something that's safe, uh, something that I can get my money back, something that I can make some money and something I can get my money back. Uh, actually, most times I don't hear something I can get my money back. All I hear really? is something that's safe and something that I can make money on. And then I, I then ask, oh, do you think about getting your money back? And then they're like, of course. Oh, yeah, I can make my money back, the capital and some interest. And then I'm like, good. Therein lies the problem. Uh, just before this call, I was listening to a pitch from, uh, from Rise, Rise, Rise Vest. And uh, they're talking about how, I mean, uh, AK was talking about how $100,000, 100,000 Naira has gone from $180,000 uh, 40 years ago to a little over $200 today. And therein lies the problem. Um, if, you, if you get an investment in dollars, those three conditions that we just listed, that is safe, that you can make some interest or profit on top, but that you can even get your goddamn capital. Let, let's even forget profit, that you can get your yep. capital back. Sure. And so when we ask ourselves that, are we creating an environment where it's possible for these three things to occur? Sure. Yeah. And to be very honest, no. I mean, investments are always going to be risky, but it's riskier in, in, yeah. in climes where the laws do not protect the, the invest, investors or there's no special incentive to invest. Um, can you make some money? You will make some money, but with devaluation and inflation, it's you're back to zero. Yeah. And you can't get your money back. I mean, we saw this case of MTN. We saw the case of DSTV. Uh, we saw the case of international oil companies. Um, and, and so that, that is always going to be there. So, so that argument is always going to be there when you think about foreign capital. And so I am one of those people that strongly believe like, look, the reason why the diaspora uh, type remittance will always be the best is because the guys who are sending in money, money they have yeah. direct beneficiaries on the continent who are going to well, at least the money is coming into Nigeria. At least the money is yeah. coming to Ghana, you know? So you can make your, you can see your money and you don't have to think about getting it out until much later when, when Sena climbs set in. Uh, but it's also like, it's also like reverse brain drain in the sense that okay. it's, uh, it's bringing back some of what you took before. 
I know, like even talk, even talking about the brain drain thing, we we see it, we, we see it all the time with Canada, the states at some oh, point. Yeah. It's like we're always fighting some some Western country for poaching our very best. I am look, <laughs> I'm I'm the biggest I'm the biggest advocate of brain drain. Like go, like everybody go. Really? It's, Why? Why do you yeah. say that? If Why I could have that? my way, if I could have my way, you would drain like, everybody. If I'm like the chief of immigration, I'll be stamping people's passport like, like Monday to Sunday. I'll be at the airport. Really? Why? Like, just Why? go. So, um, so I, I think of it in, and of course, when, I, when we say brain drain, we're talking legal. We're talking legal, legal brain yes. drain. I'm not talking um, uh, stowaways and whatnot. We, I'm actually we, talking we, we legal. Yeah. yeah. So, um, now, if you're going away, it means that you're going to a place where um, your talent can be appreciated. You can de- you can develop better. Yes. And you and you can fundamentally um, make an earning for yourself mm. in a way that one you live a better life. The people around you live a better life, and more importantly, it becomes aspirational for the people back home to either get to the level where you were that okay an international company or you could actually apply and they could wow. take you in Canada. So it becomes mm-hmm. aspirational that okay, you know what, I just finished my university degree, but ah they said that for this Canada permanent residency, I need to have this, I need to have that, I need to have that. Okay, let me get all of that to be better. And so what tends to happen is if you think about it as a as a pyramid, and I and I shared an article earlier in the year. We keep shouting Canada, 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 Canada. But the whole of last year it was 118,000 Nigerians that immigrated the whole of last year. I think that has to do more with them reducing the amount than the amount of people applying. No, no, no. Really? Okay. India, India and Pakistan still had almost almost a million each. A million people, yeah. China still had like almost set six or 700,000 people. So it's, I mean, people still apply, but when you think about it in our circles, yes, people have left, but I'm saying like, 180 million people are still roaming the streets of Nigeria. So there's still more people. But in every pyramid, for if, if you break it down, I mean, 100,000 100, out of almost 200 million is less than 0. Point something percent. You know? And if we agree that that's the tip of the pyramid and everybody's trying to get to that level, so, what tends to happen yeah, is that people pushes, are leveling yeah. up. Oh, people are leveling okay. up. I got that. And then some of us that I've gotten to that tip before and I've actually left. 10 years down the line, we realize that, come, this is not my country, man. I'm out. Peace, I'm going back mm. home. And then we bring that world-class expertise. We bring that world-class knowledge. And sometimes, if you're lucky, some money, and you come back to Nigeria and you try to influence your small circle. So that's my theory. That's why I'm yeah. all for I'm all for brain drain. Like, go, brain take drain. it. Let, go. Yeah. go get your money, think- man. And everybody deserves to get their coins. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I, I get what you mean, like brain drain. Go, and I know, I know some uh, some uh, Asian countries did something similar, where the government did a thing where they sent them abroad, then they had to come back within a specific time frame and you know develop the country. But my fear is that you know you do see a lot of people return to Nigeria, but I don't think it's that many. I don't think there are that many people that actually come back later on. Like maybe one in ten or two so- at the most. They return back. A lot of them would rather still stay. Well, I get what you mean, though, for sure. Yeah. So, so a lot, a lot of people don't come back. Yes. Well, I mean, I like to see the data. Um, what I will, yeah, what I sure. know is that for so for people, it's for people who emigrate in their um, 
in their in as teenagers like people who go for uni typically yeah. what you see for most of them they come back they go for uni maybe work in the uk years, in the uk in the, in in the, the uk, UK. They come back. Yeah. yeah in the uk they come back and even in the u.s a lot of people in my circle they come back at some point at some so, point later on yeah in the future yes for sure and it might just it might just be it might just be come back for a year come back for two years but that that one year of knowledge that one year of a a, a, a be- better fire up your ass like just yeah, knowing okay you know what yeah. i need to do better there's opportunities or Look, my guys are really suffering in Nigeria, so I need to do yeah, a lot yeah. in the U.S. to make sure I'm not going back to Nigeria. Nigeria. Either, yeah. either way, I just look at it as a net positive. Mm. Okay. That's good. So, uh, next question. I wanted to ask, with, your, with all your experience with regards to startups, you know, you've probably seen a lot of good pitches, you know, millionaire ideas, million dollar ideas, you've seen some bad ones. You know, what are some, what are some key elements you've seen and, like, highlighted from winning startups? know whether it's you know the culture that they exhibit you know the sector that they operate and it could be anything what what are some key things that you look out for or that you've seen in the last couple of years with, rela- with relation to successful startups in nigeria um i would say the 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 best startups uh and 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 this sounds like common sense but the best startups are the ones that don't die <laughs> okay okay low-hanging fruit seemingly low-hanging fruit but my you're like what don't die i'm like yeah, yeah. but but um, ultimately die. like like shola, shola from paystack will tell you that when you when he did his yc interview he mm. he he literally the day before he had walked like almost four or five miles because he didn't Why? have transport oh you didn't oh, know that I did. i've never heard that story oh no he was I've that level of broke it was that level of wow. broke before his yc interview basically his ticket to go to yc was essentially um, some of the money he was raising, like, look, I'm going to YC. Do you want to, okay. do you want to, do you want to invest? Yeah. And that's what they used as living costs to go to YC. Wow. Uh, and today we're all celebrating Paystack. Um, the, and a lot of other startups are, uh, I, I mean, I, I said that because that, that's public knowledge. Like, he, he oh, says sure, that yeah. often. Yeah, but but uh, if you want to leave this climb, think of startups like Airbnb, Franceschi, and the guys. They literally had to pivot from selling... Yeah. Uh, hotel rooms to selling cereals so i mean yeah, airbnb yeah, guys literally so so that's that's one of the things that and, and we call it grit we call it tenacity but but what what really um keeps startups alive is not dying because you know mm. it's not really competition that kills a business it's cash flow okay. so if it's from if it's just purely competition people people have brilliant strategies right. so what you want to do is ask yourself that what is what is that metric that we're tracking to make sure that we don't die and how do we stay alive and and build our core um a core value proposition uh, because ultimately the the biggest businesses or the best businesses are the ones that people have use for so yeah um, now the bit about culture now culture is one of those things that would differentiate uh in the long run the type of company you 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 build uh i i you know people say culture is strategy for breakfast lunch and dinner and i agree with them <laughs> But whether or not we admit it, I am very pragmatic. And part of being pragmatic is realizing that there are some companies that we know are toxic, uh, yeah. but are still alive. It's like a villain. It's like a villain in the movie. Oh, yeah. There are companies that have toxic cultures, but they're still alive. But they find, they find a way to make it, to make it work. They find a way to make it work. Uh, and what you want mm. to do is just not die. Now, yeah. when you then stay alive, you now ask yourself, what kind of company am I building? what kind of company culture um 
I've seen part of the, the privilege I've had is the privilege of being able to see startups and founders at their very early stages. So, yeah. so like the example I gave with Shola, um, mm. with, yeah, with Andel Lives, I saw them at the very early stages. Um, with Piggy Vest, um, saw them at the very early stages. And you know what? Just don't die. Like, if, if, if your commitment every day as a startup is, I will not die. Die. I will find a way. I will not just have you know, sticky notes all over all over, stick, all over your wall. Yeah, I mean, it can just be one sticky note on, on one wall. Like, don't I will die. not die. Today <laughs> we shall not die. So die. Live another mm. day. Um, yeah. and, 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 and yeah, that, that, that just worked for you because uh, then you start to ask yourself every day, like, okay, how do I find a new way to extract value or to create value so I can extract value uh, from my customers? So that's, that's, that's it. Okay. okay. So, you know, if I want to piggyback off of that, you know, it seems like, you know, find a way not to die. Don't die, don't die. So a lot of startups, do you, do you see a lot of startups, you know, do, trying to do whatever it takes maybe to get some form of revenue wherever they can, seek some new I funding? I don't. That's the problem. Okay. I don't. I don't. Um, so, so, so Mark Essien says, uh, and he says this very popularly, like, don't be stubborn until it's working. But I see the exact opposite. People, people misinterpret grit as just sticking to this like just stick it and say hey i'm gonna yeah i'm, I'm going to away yeah now yeah yeah just straight focus straight line focus. but but insanity is doing the same thing mm. and expecting a different result different. you know that's it's pure insanity so um what i see is i i see people who are doing the exact same thing uh mm. but but when when the startup says you know what i know the what i know the why uh the how can change the how can change so if you look at you guys you guys want to empower people you want to allow people to invest um if cbn comes tomorrow and says you know what um yeah you're not allowed to have some form of regulation yeah exactly yeah you guys can decide you know what yeah we're going to start we're going to change our business model and and, and whatnot so and and that's what i would rather see like i'd rather see people Mm -hmm. who are set in their in their way in terms of the mission but the approach can change every time. But I, yeah. I, I see that, um, I see that differently. People just change the skin. They just change the, the, the language, but I'm like, you're doing the exact same Still doing thing. the same process. Okay. Yeah. So in, in terms of startups trying to do too much too early, because uh, I know there's, is it, is it Naval that says something like a specialization is for insects? I think he said something similar that like you know always try to be a generalist you know generalist thrive and for me that's looking at it like hmm. you know i think either way works just depending on how well you do it you know you can specialize and be really 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 successful and find one thing and do it really really successful but in terms of startups i think a problem we see is you know a lot of companies try to do too much they're always chasing the next sexy idea or sexy way of getting revenue oh we want to be this we want to be that yeah. and you tend to lose focus from what your core is and you also see that in if i want to tie this into investments it's like diversifying to the point where it becomes like exuberant yeah. because it's unnecessary you know you're spreading yourself too thin you don't have a, yeah. one true specialty so for you what how do you you know how do you preach against that is it even something that you agree with you know oh, yeah. like just spread oh yeah like, you know so try I, and get well, mm-hmm. so i agree with you um in fact i i preach on on the disciplined pursuit of one thing so it's and i call it the curse of being smart 
you know, you're so smart that you feel like, you know what, fuck this, I can be an artist today, I can be a medical doctor tomorrow. <laughs> For sure. Um, I think I have, yeah, we all have a little bit of that. Like, our We all have it. Yeah, and and, and the, the life skill is being able to say, you know what, I will do it, but I'll do it one after the other, and oh, I will yeah. do it when, when I've, I've been that's able to so hard. Life. That's so hard. That's really hard to do. Tell yourself it, that, okay, you know, I need to focus on one thing. You know, yeah. I, I don't know if, so when I first started working at Bamboo, you know, there was this, you know, I would write some things and they would edit my work, you know, they would trim it, you know, cutting the fat off. And, you know, it was really hard to let that go. I was like, you know, that was such a, that was such a good line. Why are, you cut, why are you cutting that off? And until later yeah. on, you start to see the principle pan out. And, you know, there's beauty in, like, simplicity and focus, you know, as opposed to, you know, doing too many things as trying to say too much. And, uh, yeah, with startups, like, I don't know, for you over, over the years, it's something that you try to preach to, you know, mentees or students, that, like, you know, try to stay yeah. focused, you know. Is that something yeah, you try so, to? So it's, it's, it is. It's exactly that. Um, so, I mean, so I, I, what I do is I ask myself, um, ask myself, how do you balance it out? Because... Um, sometime last year, we're talking about when a, when a startup comes from outside Nigeria, we tell them, oh, you should expand. You should take over, <laughs> take over the world. But when they come from Nigeria, we tell them, ah, are you sure you just don't want culture, to? Yeah. You don't, <laughs> focus. Just focus. You yeah. focus. Mm -hmm. um, but but it's, it's about striking the balance and, and the way you evaluate um, opportunities. So... Um, I, I did a, a non-traditional thing of actually studying entrepreneurship um, at some point. And, and part of the way you access opportunities, and uh, we call them leaps, is you ask yourself, what competence have I built in this sector that allows this opportunity to be my opportunity? So in other words, there's a two-by-two two metrics of new product, new markets, new product, old market, you know, product versus market, basically. And so when you ask yourself that, if I'm going to a new product in my existing market, do I have, have I built the trust that can allow the customers um, trust me because I've built a product that they like product, and so yeah. if I'm offering them a new product, they will like it. Or do I want to commit suicide by going to a new product for a new market? And so, uh, and that's how I ask every startup to, to, uh, to assess every opportunity because for each uh, quadrants that you're falling into, whether it's new product or new market or old product or old market, there's a distinct set of skills that you need and a distinct strategy that you need to take. So um, that's what I tell startups. Um, when I generally, as a rule, any human being that asks me anything, I tell them write it down. So when they start to write it down, um, um, yeah. like, flesh it, out there, you know, you help yeah. them flesh it out and answer the question. Because right now, I mean, I, I'm hearing Bitcoin is moving, blockchain is moving, yeah, hearing AI is moving, I'm hearing oil is moving. A lot, of things, is, a lot of things are moving. Everything is moving. moving you know? at the same time. Yeah. So, um, and I feel that's a lot, it's a lot to do with that. That's a lot to do with the uncertain times that we're in. You know, everyone yeah. is looking for the next best thing. There's this flight to tech, flight to AI, flight to Bitcoin, you know, these seemingly game changers. And for me, it's, it's it's kind of weird because I feel like there's a lot of there's like we said earlier there are a lot of bubbles going on, like yeah. with regards to it's like you saw uh, I don't know I'm not calling it a bubble or whatever but you saw a company like Zoom that at some point this year was valued more than the top five biggest airline in, uh, airline yeah. companies in America. You know when you see things like that, obviously like Zoom's a startup, we're both happy that it's doing well. But do you fear that you know there might be because I feel like that would accelerate their process like. 
last year they were still like a really good company, but this year they're they're forced to take on the mantle of being the world's you know communication largest, provider. Or what? Yeah. yeah large, so like, largest, how do you feel about that organic growth as opposed to you know this just steroid infused COVID nineteen thing everyone <laughs> like you know pumping into Zoom. You, so, you see that a lot with startups. Just that. It's funny. Be, that. It's funny because I I read uh, just before we started one of my WhatsApp group. They're like, um, who led the digital transformation of the company? Uh, CEO, CTO, or COVID? <laughs> so, like, COVID was the one that had the take. <laughs> for sure, so, for sure, so, for sure. It was COVID that led the digital transformation. So um, I, I totally, totally agree with you. Um, I feel like um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of market adjusting that always will happen. Uh, I, I personally am very wary of uh, stocks, not just because in 2008 and 2009, 90% of my, of my worth was wiped off. <laughs> and I haven't forgiven the stock market. You haven't forgiven it yet? Oh, I God. haven't. I yeah. haven't. I've, I've been investing in alternative ways since then. Um, that, that's good. You're still staying invested, though. You don't have to be just in stocks. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. no. I, my, my goal is to go in much earlier because yeah. I, I know that the people who went in earlier prior to 2008 and 2009 still yeah. made their money. So um, so that's the goal. And that's why we invest in startups so that when they when they, mm. when an M&A happens or an IPO happens, we can all smile to the holy bank. Oh, yeah. You know, um, but what I would say is there's definitely a bubble uh, in terms of valuation. Um, and, and it's not just for Zoom and, and the guys who are enjoying a temporary um, uh, surge. And the market will adjust. Uh, now, what will happen is definitely it would not adjust to pre-COVID times. As long as the company uh, doesn't shit the pants, it wouldn't adjust to pre-COVID yeah. times. So the net, net, there'll be positives. Um, but they're, like you rightfully said, they're big there are big company expectations that uh, startups have to uh, take up. And this happens all the time. I mean, we saw it. All the time. We're seeing it with Zoom now, but it happened with Facebook. Um, Facebook. It happened overnight from a small social networking site um, to all of a sudden this big mm. communications giant yeah. uh, that now needs to acquire everybody and, and, and connect the whole world. Uh, we saw it with Google when they IPO'd. Uh, they went from a small search engine that was just indexing data to more than 200 uh, products and companies and whatnot. So it's just a coming of age that happens over time, and, and we're sitting, we're sitting smack in the middle of Zoom and other other people's emergence. Do Do you feel like this this because you, you said it was overvalued? What if COVID ends up extending? Like obviously we do not want that. Maybe extends to the end of next year. Do you feel like? as human beings, we will see that permanent shift to a work from home, you know, culture as opposed to maybe there will be um, a 50% drop. How do nah, you feel about that? Nah, human nature? Nah. No. Straight if, 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 if they try, I'm going to, I have my poster here. I have my placard. I'm going uh -huh. to pick it. I'm going to pick it to this country that we're not working from home. Bro, we're tired. Really? Why? You, you, don't, work. you don't work from home, advocate. You're not. You're not. I, so you I, rather I see have to, people I, interact. Yeah, so I, I think I think um, I think humans are designed to uh, to interact um, at some point. Um, but also, if you look at historical data, so um, I mean, I I had to study pandemics um, recently, and I was looking at yeah. I mean, no, I'm saying I had to study. Uh, I spoke about pandemic mm -hmm. very recently. So if you look at the most okay. the closest one, I mean, there's been a few that we don't even talk about. Yep. <laughs> 1957, in 1967, the pandemics, but the most popular one is the Spanish flu, um, 1918, 1919. 
And life was affected for about a year and a half. But after a year and a half, essentially people went back to business. And that's what's going to happen here too. People are going to be like, you know what? Yeah, I'd rather die of pandemic than die of hunger. Or rather die of pandemic than die of isolation and whatnot. Uh, and we're starting to see it. People are starting to drop infographics and showing that uh, malaria kills more people, or hunger or war. Oh, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, herd immunity is a thing and it's starting to grow. But also it's a race against time to find uh, suppressants. So even if they don't find the cure or, or the um, vaccine, there are suppressants that people are finding that and minimize the impact. So, so I, I don't think I don't think um, I do I do think there'll be a bigger um, option. So you know how you before COVID you could either have a meeting or have a phone call. Phone call, uh, yeah. You, before COVID you could either have a, an actual meeting or say you know what, let's have a phone call, or, or very few people will say you know what, let's have Skype. What I do think is that in-person meetings will reduce market share. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. So, so maybe there'll be more options, but but uh, schooling, education, there are things that um, that would still have that extra layer of of um, of virtual calls would be applied on it, but things will pretty much go back to normal. So, um, but but even more. Let me put, see it this way. I I see it as the size of the pie will be larger. So there'll be an increase right now. It's probably 10% in-person meetings right now pre um, yeah. during COVID. Probably 10% in, in-person and 90% virtual. virtual. Maybe before COVID, it was the other way around, 90% and 10% virtual. What will happen is it will shrink to probably 15% virtual and 85% in-person in about a year or two. But the number of meetings will increase. So... For example, um, I do some business with China right now. I import stuff from China. Okay. Before now, it was only emails. Um, but I've had a video call with my Chinese guys. Video call um, from the okay. Yeah, I've had a video call. But before now, it wasn't even an option. It wasn't, we didn't even consider doing a video call. But right now, because I'm doing Zoom calls all day, yeah. I might as well just take another call with my Chinese okay. guys. So the, that's what I'm saying. So like, yeah. Now my family, my family had our first virtual meeting uh, on Sunday on Father's Day. In in my 32 years of living, I've never had a virtual meeting where all my siblings and my dad were on the call. Do you get so? Cool. Yeah. So those those are some of the things that um, that would happen. Uh, I I don't think life will change. I do think that there will be more opportunities and and that pie will increase. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so. As, okay, let, let's still staying on the COVID topic. You know, like we just talked about Zoom and like virtual meetings in person. What, are there some other industries that you feel as a result of the pandemic, they, they are going to change? Maybe not necessarily forever, but we're going to see a very, very big shift in the way business is conducted. Talk about oh, yeah. e-commerce well, and the like. You know, oh, yeah. Betting. Absolutely. Um, I, I definitely do think... Um, that I, I do think that the pandemic is a net positive for Africa. Uh, and when I say that, I sound, I sound like a psychopath when I say it that way. Um, <laughs> I'll just, yeah, I, I get what you mean, but I'm going to let you explain it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're like, yeah. you're like, you're yeah, in I this get, shape I, 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 I get what you mean, I, I, for sure, I, for sure. I, yeah, I, get what um, I mean, 
I, I don't know how we're going to edit this to not make me sound like a psychopath. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe you take one word. I'll speak slowly so you can take one word and cut it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at the average age of a continent. If you look at our debt toll, I was looking at the numbers yesterday. We've tested, mm-hmm. uh, we have 220 something thousand, 22, 23,000 cases and 500 deaths. That's, that's less than, that's less than, um, so about 2, 2.5% debt toll. It's doing madness outside, outside Africa. It's doing the, the number. Why do you think mad. that is? Why do you think? Why do you think that is? Why do you think well, it seems like? So you feel it's I, lack of testing or like what, what is it? You feel we just so have I stronger mean, immune systems? There's the lack of testing, definitely. But but if people are dying, people are dying. So mm. like, you know, when there was a surge in Kano, so yeah. people were shouting that people are dying in Kano. Like, they're like, yo, you're saying there's no COVID, but people are COVID, dying. Yeah, but Kano. people are dying in Kano, yeah. So when they came back and they say, oh yeah, that thing in Kano was Corona. Like, everyone was like, duh, we all saw it. <laughs> If it was Lagos, if people started dropping dead in Lagos, then we know that people are dying in Lagos and then we're adding it. So uh, I, I might fault the, the test numbers, but mm-hmm. the dying numbers, the death numbers is what I pay attention to, the, the mortality rate. And, and it's just because you can't, you can't, so, death is binary, you're either dead or not. Testing, you can be arguing, did you have malaria, yeah. did you have COVID? But, uh, and so uh, on one hand, I think it has to do with the, the average age of the population. So when you look at the countries that were hit yeah. the most, and even in the U.S., the parts mm. of the U.S. that hit the most, they are predominantly yeah. older people. Um, Spain, and, Italy, and it's very yeah. Older yeah it's just the, Europe is a very old uh, continent, and yeah. then Spain, Italy are very that people that places where people go to retire and die. So it's it's right. hard. Yeah. It's harder there. Um, you look at that, and also as much as as much as we say it, but that first wave, we were able to curtail the first wave because we locked down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, this second wave, we're all on our own. But mm-hmm. <laughs> all on our own, because people have been partying and jollification. Yeah. And if you look at the Spanish flu, it was the second wave that hit Africa. It was actually the second wave. In the first wave, no, nowhere, lost. nothing, nothing. And um, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be an angel of doom, but South Africa was, yeah. was hit, was really hit uh, in, in, in the first one. But, but the, the original question you asked was sectors that will change. Sectors that will change the most, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I do think um, that a lot of e-commerce operations will be revived. Um, mm. for, for most people, they have bought a new item online. Uh, for most people, they have bought food online. Yes. They have done something, even if it's delivery of fruits, even if it's um, they, they've done something that they wouldn't have done before now. Uh, and so, I think that that would give a a new lease of life to uh, to those sectors. But but more more importantly, they've been able to now the startups on their own side have been able to build trust. So part of the reason why e-commerce died or was on life support for the longest time. Is because people people will rather order on Amazon mm-hmm. than order on Jumia. Yes, yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's that, and it's not a case, and it's not a case of oh they don't trust, uh, they don't want to put their card online because Amazon you are paying your complete money. Jumia they are even giving you the option to do cash and delivery, <laughs> but you're like no 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 I'll wait no. I'll wait for it to come from Amazon. But the reason is, uh, it's, that means multifaceted. There's the trust component. There's the return and refund component. 
but it's also just the companies have to sit up. I mean, my, my flatmates two or three years ago tried to order uh, from Jumia. The thing took like three weeks and the, the other like four things took two weeks mm-hmm. and, and everything was coming one by one. And it was like, did I not order? I literally, it's the same basket. Like was, and the thing, so those type of things. Uh, but because, uh, because people are being forced to order online, uh, e-commerce businesses are, uh, are sitting up. Logistics is sitting up. Yeah, um, logistics. So you're seeing a lot of, uh, I mean, it's, although we, we can't say now, government can wake up and ban everybody. Ban everybody, but, uh, that's true. But there are a lot of logistics companies that are sitting up. So I think, ultimately, I think, and, and, and healthcare, which, which is one that is very passionate, mm. uh, I'm very passionate about. You're passionate about yeah. um, we're, we're seeing new ways of reducing uh, the cost of healthcare. So yes, that's true. People like Helium Health, Wella Health, mm. uh, Doctora, these are guys who are building solutions that, that are essentially saying, you know what, the cost of setting up a primary healthcare center in this place would have been $100,000, but with a $200 laptop and a $10 webcam, we can set yeah. up a yeah, virtual conference in place, blah, blah, blah. And we only treat serious cases. So for light mm-hmm. cases, you treat it here, serious cases, then you have to go to the center. That way we don't have to set up. Mm-hmm. So those type of things are showing us that there are new ways. And, and perhaps one unspoken, and, and I don't have data for this yet, but information, the ability to actually just settle down and to see the information that people have in front of them. So um, think about places like um, like the US now with the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, the, yeah. the reason people were able to come out in mass and protest uh, across all 50 states of the US is because people were already sitting there at home before. Well, yes, yes, that's def- that definitely played a huge. They were just you know, anxious, so, just staying at home all that, all that, all that. Exactly. Time. So, uh, and it's the same thing. If you look at if you look at Nigeria, um, we're starting to take uh, the sexual harassment, the Me Too movement. Um, we're starting to take uh, government accountability. Yes, the government is still taking us for idiots in terms of chopping money and all of that. But we're starting to take things seriously, things that we probably wouldn't have done. So it's not asking ourselves as a, as a tech startup, how can you apply the fact that people are interested in reading right now people are interested in information on how to and 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 that's where a startup like stairs uh stairs business stairs business oh okay i know them i know them i know them they're taking the so they're they're, they're leveraging that information vertical where they're able to say you know what i will will take all the information that is available will compress it and will give juicy bit so that people can learn yeah. more so so this is just some sec- sectors that i think we're 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 seeing an uptick post lockdown yeah, for sure but yeah, like exactly what you said. I, I definitely agree with that 100%. COVID is, it's one of those things where it just shines a light on the inefficiencies in any system or business model. It just shows yeah. you how ill-prepared like a business yeah. is. Like the companies that are thriving, there's no, there, there, there's no secret sauce to it. It's just that those are the companies that spent the most on research, innovation, the companies that were forward-thinking, your large cap techs, those are the ones that tend to do, are te- like doing really, really well. They're already forward-thinking. Uh, even in e-commerce, there were already companies that were shifting. And uh, it's something that we discussed here a lot with the Gokada and uh, the Max.ng thing. It was it turned out to be a blessing in disguise for them because the government forced them to pivot before COVID forced them to pivot. So, you know, yeah. when it did come along, they were really, really ready for it. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to ask we know that you've done a little bit of uh teaching a little yeah. bit of work yeah 
in the UK. So would you rather, like, what, what, where, where does your preference lie? Do you rather teach it or would you rather experience it through a startup? Like, what, because if you've done, like, because you've done both, you've been a teacher and you've been, you know, a startup developer, like, what, what, uh, what part of, what, what, uh, Sorry, what side resonates more? What side do you tend to like more? Or is it like so, an even split down the middle? So, um, so the, there's actually, there's a third one. So there's, there's, there's the teaching part. There's okay, the there's funding. a third. Oh yeah, there's okay. a third. So, so I've, I've, I've taught it. I've, I've taught it through accelerators and through like business school and, and teaching, uh, teaching in the university. Um, but I've also... Um, and then the accelerator is different. The reason why the accelerator is different is, uh, sorry, investing is different is in investing, sometimes the people just collect your money and run. So, really? uh, well, I mean, so not run, but, but when you're investing, um, it, it's more of, so when you're teaching in an accelerator or in, in business school, yet they have le lectures, people have lectures that they have to come for. They have a timetable. Um, mm -hmm. When you're investing, it, it becomes more ad hoc. When they have one issue, they come to you, yeah. and then yeah. they go and focus on their business. Uh, and and it's a it's a real thing. So some people are designed that way. I think my mine will be more of a a visit, visiting lecturer while I'm doing my work. While you're doing your work, that that's sweet yeah. spot out a little. Yeah, yeah, that's sweet spot. So you 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 have your day job where you're mm -hmm. also, also experiencing that that rush of. Um, of running a startup or of leading a startup team, uh, but then you you still also have um, you still also have your an opportunity to share knowledge because sometimes the the work that is in front of you is totally different from what you want to talk about, mm -hmm. and that's partly why that's partly why I left Google actually. Um, I, oh, okay. I I felt like I'd focus a lot on teaching and helping people, helping which people I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, which I will continue to do, but now I just want to spend some time also getting my hands dirty. Okay. Okay. Mm. So uh, next question. So you, and I'm pretty sure you know the large five uh, tech uh, tech companies: your Facebooks, Amazon, Alphabet. Yeah. Yeah. So out of those five, I want you to pick one. If you could just pick one, where you were appointed to be a member of the board, like Facebook, Amazon, Apple an alphabet you have to just pick one become a member of the board i want to know what you will change in one of those companies and why so well i mean i'm ex-google so typically i'm supposed to just, say google. <laughs> just go back say alphabet. Um, but but as as me as a yeah i'll, I'll pick facebook. facebook i'll pick okay. facebook uh, i'll pick facebook because they've um, they've managed to be the homepage of the internet for more for more yes. people than others so for millennials uh, instagram for older people well for for a certain demographic facebook and whatsapp has become a tool of communication so i'll pick them and i would focus on monetization um i'll focus on building one ecosystem that that you can complete cycles within so you see what they were doing with payments in uh, what they tried to implement with payments in Brazil. Uh, mm, did you hear I about that? I heard about something about WhatsApp, but I, didn't, I haven't done so, too much reading on that. So, yeah, WhatsApp, they implemented payments in Brazil two weeks ago. Okay. And uh, two days ago, the Central Bank of Brazil shut them down. Whoa. Just yes. like that. <laughs> Just like that. So, I, I mean, it's it back to our conversation about regulation. Yeah. But, 
but they shut them down because they, uh, they essentially, I mean, the gist is, there's lots of other factors, but the core gist is um, creating uh, alternate payment methods. Mm. Uh, they, they said they created an alternate payment method. But what they want to do, what I would do if I were invested in one of their boards and had their ability to, is to focus on creating somewhat super apps, kind of like what OPA was trying to do, uh, what the, the, the Gojeks of this yeah. world have done, what the Grabs have done, where you have a Facebook ecosystem where okay. you can watch a movie, you can buy a ticket, you can pay your bills, you can um, order yeah, just food. Vertically. Yeah, just, yeah. Very, just very, vertically, very yeah. clear integrations across many verticals. Mm -hmm. That's what I would do. And I'll focus on emerging mm -hmm. markets. That's what I would do if I were getting... I mean, anybody's board I'm getting onto right now is emerging markets that I'm focusing on. Um, not just for the stereotypical Africa is rising um, narrative, yeah. but because there's so much untapped, um, untapped potential, that's what I would do. So Facebook it is. Okay. So with the whole COVID thing going on right now, with the uncertainty, a lot of startups are trying to navigate with you. You mentioned Airbnb, you know, them having like just their entire business model. They were, they, they were, in the, they were the worst hit out of everyone. Maybe them and the airline companies, just the worst hit because it's beyond their control. Like, I don't know, you said something about trying to sell cereal now. Or like, oh, yeah. Well, so they, yeah. you know, they, did, they did that in 2006. Six, okay. Yeah, they did that in... Uh, so it was already, it was something they had done before. Oh, yeah, they did that in 2008. It was how they stayed alive. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a, I'll, I'll send you the link. It was a very popular okay. um, survival thing that they did. It was like basically scrambling and not dying. So they sold cereals during the uh, Democratic um, um, nomination. So when they had the, the, DN, the final Democratic uh, convention in one city, they sold cereals mm -hmm. that had Obama's face. And McCain. Okay. Oh, Obama owes. I think I've seen that. I think yeah, seen Obama owes and Captain oh, that's, McCain. That's, yeah, okay. So it was okay. 2000, pretty... 2008. So they did that just to make enough money to stay alive. Money, yeah. I get that. Okay. So, yeah, because I'm pretty sure you, you, you talk to a lot of like startup founders in Nigeria. You, you probably have a lot of connections. You know. how, how, what have you heard that they are doing? What have you seen? That, how are they trying to navigate? Because Nigeria is a totally different spaces totally good. I've seen a rise in like a lot of logistic companies. Do you feel like that market is too saturated right now? Do you feel there needs no, to be? It's not. So, no, it's really? not. Hmm. No, it's not. Really? It's not. So, so if you think of the number of, so if you think of the number of um, delivery people per person, we've got 20 million human beings in Lagos. Uh, Probably I mean, more. Probably more if you, if you if you segment that into classes, say ten ten percent of the people have access to a smartphone and are interested in using it. That's two million people. Uh, if there if there are two hundred logistics companies with an average fleet of ten, that's two thousand bikes serving or two thousand delivery options serving two million people. That is one person serving one thousand people. That's not possible. Yeah, that's true. So, so when you okay. break it when down, you it like unit, that, yeah, when right. you break it down to unit economics that way, you realize that they still need to ten x, and and also a lot of the logistics companies. Uh, where, where where do you live and where's your office? Uh, my office is in Lekki, uh, Admiralty. We offer Admiralty, but I yeah. I currently stay in Ikeja. Okay, so Ikeja and Lekki are two hot spots, but there's nobody yeah. delivering to Akumajo. Try it. 
try to deliver try to deliver to Alagbado. That's when they tell you. That's when they start to stop. <laughs> I feel I feel like the only way to deliver to those places will probably be drones or something. It's, it's going to take. Well, time. no, there, there are roads there. There are roads there. The, the problem is, I mean, it's like it's what, what's like, the problem? Yeah, tell us. You, you are sure to go. You don't know if you're going to come back. It's traffic. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like one traffic of those one way trips. Yeah, so I get that. I don't, know, I don't know if you've tried to book an Uber to like a far place and the guy will just, you hear the name of it. Like, oh, oh, yes, yes. And you don't, yeah. It happens. It's like, that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so, and that's yeah. what it is. It's, um, I mean, delivery is a low margin business that involves turnaround. So, what you need to do is centralize, um, have hubs that um, have hubs. So, have the up. guys who do. Was that do, like brick and mortar store? So that's like, that's like, isn't that like. A so no, not, not hubs. So not hubs to deliver, not like hubs the, that people come the to store. Pick up. Pick up, okay. So it's like, B2, it's like B2B hubs where okay. I partner okay. with the mainland service. And as an island mm. person, I just, I just do the bridge. I do the bridge. Okay. I dump it in, in Oro. Somebody okay, from Oro okay. takes it and distributes. And, and, and mm. so that's what you need to do. So. So I, I definitely think logistics companies. Uh, so you know, a bunch of these guys sold their bikes, the go karters, OPs, yes, go karters, yeah, mm-hmm. and and they even they themselves morphed into like logistics services. So um, those bikes will obviously show up as as uh, loan delivery bikes, or maybe somebody buys yeah. five and slaps slaps a logo on it. So that would definitely come up. Um, but I've seen I've seen creative ways like um, Eco Hotel started doing laundry. Uh, <laughs> really? Well, that, that's really a hotel started doing laundry. Oh yeah, it was. Wow, you didn't see I it? Did, they started, I did not see that. A hotel, the same hotel that December <laughs> that gets it. This is all hotel. Yeah, it is bougie. And it's what? Oh, actually, the laundry was the second thing they did. The first thing they did was they started takeouts. They started. Uh, they started an online menu where you could deliver uh-huh. and they started takeout. And and I use that as a great example because for them to start laundry, it cost them zero. Mm, yes, because it does. Because they already have, yeah, they already have the uh, infrastructure there to do it. They have the, exactly. okay. they have the people, they have the skills. And so that's what I tell startups now is that, look, right now, there's certain parts of your business that are, are rendered dominant. Uh, because of the pandemic, obviously, but you already have those skills in house. Those skills um, in house, yes. Yeah, the, you no already have. On your head. Yeah, just to pivot. So, yeah, and and the thing about the hotel guys who um, decide selling food is if you if you never if you used to think a hotel was very bougie before, and then yeah. you take a look at the menu and like ah this thing is not too bad now I pay more than this <laughs> for X Y Z. When the pandemic is over, you will go there to eat. When sure. the pandemic is over, you'd have formed that habit. And so yeah. essentially, it's a new customer yeah. segment that you capture. So initially, when I started seeing uh, webinars, so I, first of all, for the first one month of COVID, I was sulking. So I wasn't accepting, anybody. I wasn't accepting anybody's <laughs> online talk. I wasn't accepting. Oh, yeah. I was mm. like, no. I was like, no. Well, we thank God for that. We thank God that. Yeah. I'm sleeping at home. I'm sleeping but at home. But then I realized that, look, People are building competence. People are essentially stocking For up. Sure. And people are For creating sure. new opportunities to, to reach their customers and to build mm-hmm. relationships. That's and so that's when I tell founders, that, look, find new avenues where you build off of what you currently have. Like, I, yeah. I presume this conversation will segue into interview, um, into investments. And that creates extra value. It'll create extra value for your customers. So yeah. that's, what, that's what everyone needs to do. 
Yeah, I definitely, I definitely uh, feel like, you know, first of all, no knowledge is lost. And I definitely agree with you on that part because you hear it. I, I think it was Costco. At Costco, it's uh, this wholesale, uh, they sell food and like stuff in the, in the States. And he, he said on, in their uh, meeting, he was like, you know, it's COVID came in, it's taken a whole lot of like, you know, extra expenses, it's, packed, it's piled on extra expenses on it. They're making more money, but expenses have also risen. But I think they failed to give guidance into like the next year or the next quarter. So he said something about building relationships during times like this, because what you just emphasized on right now that, yeah. you know, it's good to just do things, pivot, be on everyone's list. You might not be making money now, yeah. but the payoffs, the goodwill, it, it, it would come in later in the future because people will be able to recognize your brand. They'll remember that, oh, okay, when things exactly. were a little bit murky, were a little bit weird, you were there. That brand was always there, always trying to, you know, keep them in the know, always trying to provide something. So yeah, I, I, that's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, uh, wow. We've taken a lot. So, uh, let me, I'll ask another two questions that will wrap up because time's. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Yeah. It's, fri it's a Friday evening. It's not, it's not like I'm it's going to W bar or anything. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Friday actually, evening during COVID. I've actually never been to W bar for you know, heard a lot. Uh, of that, you, you got that for customer acquisition. Customer acquisition. Okay. <laughs> for, for, uh, <laughs> for for user research, you should go there for user research. For yeah. every bottle everyone... of for every bottle of Hennessy being bought, you tell them, do you know how much stocks you can buy with that? <laughs> <laughs> just be that guy at the bar. I'm sure the manager. I'll just be like, you have to stop this. You have you got, you, you can't be scared of where because there's the <laughs> yeah. the other guy telling us about stocks. <laughs> <laughs> you say for every bottle of Jameson you buy. You buy one stock yep. of Amazon, deal? <laughs> or you can do for, you know, for like the penny stocks, you can give them a promo. For every GMC you buy, yeah. you get, just start, you get just start sharing flyers. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing. You know, there, there's no one size fits all to business, man. You can do that and it might bang. You never know. Look, so. it's pure bands. Like, like mm -hmm. I, I, I tell people like the, the weirdest partnership, you don't, you don't see them coming. So like imagine, just imagine now, um, I, I mean, I don't know what the stock market is saying now, but if you do trade in some okay. random stock, you partner with like a Chicken Republic or somewhere that people order food from a lot, and you do a, a promo where um, for every plate of food that you buy, you get 100 naira worth of stocks. Stop. You know? And what it down, does is down. they allow. Pardon? No, I said okay. I need to be taking notes. Yeah, what, what it notes. does is it allows the type of people that will sign up, it'll, they'll do sign it for fans, but they'll sign up and then yeah. the type of person that understands it enough that is interested to, to say, okay, let me register. And that. Yeah. They'll put their BVN, they'll do all of that. And then even if you don't convert them now, at wow. some point, point they'll get the data, sending them information yeah. and all of that. And the cost of acquisition, mm -hmm. for, for, the, for the brand, it'll be banned. So for a Chicken Republic, They'll be like, okay, it doesn't cost us anything. You pay for the flyer, right? You say, yeah, I pay for the flyer. Yeah. And every order that they put is just a slip that they can change. And it, it doesn't also have to be food. I just say food because food is very pervasive and everybody yeah. does it. But it's one of those acquisition strategies that could only work during a pandemic because if it wasn't a pandemic, yeah. not enough people are ordering food and whatnot. Yeah, so, it's, so they, I think they're going to have to start this class like pandemic economics. Or pandemic <laughs> finance after after this because it, it's 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 so because I, I can't remember who it was I said no one has the answers everyone is just learning on the fly and the only way you can actually become successful is by actually going out there and trying and seeing what works because no one was alive in 1918 we didn't have phones we didn't have yeah. this level of technology yeah. so 
you know, whatever whatever works for you, you need to stick by that. But I, I, I really enjoyed, you know, just the way you've, you know, brought up like out of the box ideas when it comes to like navigating with startups and all of that. You know, we definitely need to have a more in-depth conversation. I feel like talking to you, I could, I could go five plus hours just picking your brain about <laughs> all of that. But uh, I, we, we, we need to wrap up. So I'm going to ask two more questions, two more. Okay, so yep. which investors or investing styles have taught you the most lessons? It could be people you met like when you came back to Nigeria. It could be people you admire over the internet. You know, just you can even drop book recommendations, blogs that you feel like, because I know there are a lot of people trying to get into the startup industry in Nigeria. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of, <clears throat> there's a lot of terrible advice out there, but I also, yeah. on, like, especially on Twitter, like when I go into VC Twitter, I started following, uh, like, because I handle social media for Bamboo, I started following Victor Semota, started following like, you know, Mark Essien, you know, you, you're like, oh, wow, there are, if you sit on Twitter for long enough, there are people that actually have sense that you actually yeah. learn a lot from. And, so, and there's also know, the flip side, the people who are just, yeah, they're who just, just talking exactly, out their asses. Exactly. So, you know, you need to find, know who to follow. So, you know, you can give me your who to follow list. I'm a 21 year old. I'm trying to get into the startup space and I drop who are could be five to ten or just three who do i need to follow in that space well you definitely if you're 21 you definitely need to follow lil nas x so let me see if you if you want to break into tech twitter in nigeria um yeah definitely victor Asimota is on everybody's list um yeah. um i'll mark essian is on everyone's list also uh jason jason joku is on everyone's jason list Joker, yeah. Uh, yeah uh kola kola i know is on everyone's list um odun odun Iweni, um mm. piggy piggy vesco founder okay um eloho eloho um she's uh the the, C, the md of endeavor yeah. she's also she's also great um Thinking of accounts that I follow. Follow hmm. hmm. that's your W is also another name I'll throw out there. Just well, I know so you're not going to mention I, yourself. I've, I've, heard, I've heard. I've heard. I've um, heard. It's just <laughs> that right, right now there's Premier League football going on. So there's I, Premier League. Yeah. So, what, so my account. Are you, are you my account is, fan? My, I'm you're a Chelsea little. fan. So, okay. Congratulations. My, my yesterday, so. about, um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so I, I think those are those are seven accounts uh, off the top of my head. Um, oh wait, well, Mo Mo Chivius, definitely. Uh, I think Mo is brilliant. Um, do, do you know her account? No, no, no. I've never heard of that. Uh, you've probably, probably seen, seen some uh, tweets, but I, I yeah, her yeah. handle is her handle is Mo uh, Mo. Her name is Mo Dele, um, but her handle is Mo Chivius. Um, she's the founder of. Uh, uh, Scale My Hustle as a it's an online community. Um, she she is great. Um, I mean, the, I, as part of what I was telling you earlier about um, a lot of I like to see opinions from different standpoints. So I also I also like uh, a different industry and b- different experiences. I like uh, accounts like um, uh, Afiong Williams, Afiwa Superstar, Afi Superstar. Sorry. Um, her account is really good. I, I, I like I like the, the thoughts, the thoughtfulness in the account. I don't agree. So even everybody who I've mentioned, I don't always agree everything they say, but it allows you think. And, and I would say, for, so that's 10 accounts that I've mentioned now, but it always allows you think like, okay, you know what? 
what is this guy saying? So like sometimes Marquesin just drops something and you're like, is this guy, what did this guy smoke this morning? But, <laughs> but, but after like three days of, of thinking about it, you'd be like, okay, okay, I can see how that makes sense. Yeah. Essentially, that's what you want to do. You want to follow accounts that, um, uh, that, 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 that challenge you, yeah, thought process. Yeah, I would, uh, I would DM you all this account. So in oh, case for sure, wanna, for sure. I was even going to reach right. out because one thing I actually uh, always say about Nigerian tech Twitter it's it's one of the most civil ecosystems on Twitter that you would see. Like there are not that many, you know, even if there a lot of people are supportive, like people that you would think should be otherwise be rivals. You know, they interact. Oh, yeah. they're, they're all pretty friendly. It's like. A very healthy place to develop, I guess. Even when they disagree, they were just like, "Oh, it's ne- there's never that much dragging." Like people from the industry don't really drag each other as opposed to like other industries in Nigeria. So it's definitely one I've been like really enjoying over the past couple of months. But like really, really enjoying like a lot of the insights, and they also bring, you know, they would retweet a lot of things because they don't really just focus on Nigeria. So that's where I, I got uh, introduced yeah. to. Is it Paul Graham, like the CEO of YC or whatever? So, you know, they bring a lot of their ideas in the same, you see a lot of that. And it's always good to just diversify in that because it can also help you um, with your thinking and your thought. Uh, So I also wanted to ask, um, I I, I read an article, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, where they talked about, you know, just a lot of focus seems to be on software and tech. And that's where a lot of uh, venture capital investments are flowing into you know the healthcare system transport like infrastructure sanit- sanitation they aren't really receiving as much funding and that's why we're seeing like a lot of countries struggling to deal with covid because you know with with the amount of technology we have i mean we have like self-driving cars you would think that we should be able to produce you know ventilators we should have like we should be better equipped to tackle these yeah. issues you know, and I can't remember who the name of this investor is. I know they deal with a lot of, um, you know, social justice startups. They they go outside the tech mold. Do you feel like that's something we need to emphasize more? Do you look, like when you're yeah. looking at startups, do you try to look for companies outside yeah. of tech that you're like, okay, you know what, I'm not necessarily I'm tired, but let me try and like get my feet wet and help like other, because Nigeria, we, you know, a lot of our problems can be solved with tech, but there's also a lot more work to be done. In other most sectors. of most of our most yeah. of our problems are not tech problems. Most yeah, so most of our problems are, are common sense and, and integrity problems. Like people don't have enough <laughs> common sense, and people don't, yeah, that's 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 the truth. Um, so I totally agree with you in in, in that regard. Um, one thing for certain is. Um, when you look at funds, uh, and it's part of what I was giving the example I was giving earlier about when you're trying to invest, what are the things you look out for? The last thing that people look out for is some. I, I'd like to invest in something I understand. And so, yeah, uh, what you hear is, and it's the truth. People are scared of what they don't understand. So it's like it's like blockchain today and Bitcoin. There might be one or two Point, people yeah. who are adventurous, but for for people who are risk averse, who have never heard of it. Um, who don't understand it, they just say, you know what, it's out of my domain. And it's the same thing for multiple sectors. So if you look at most of the VCs that I invest today, uh, proper VCs are former operators who operated in either finance or pure tech. And, yeah. and today uh, are now taking some of that proceeds to start a new business. So it's not, it's not, so it's, they invest in what they know. That's the first step. But also the source of funds. So if somebody is doing a venture if somebody has a VC fund, which is a venture capital fund that is time bound, 
that has an, a, a specific amount of interest the fund is supposed to yield, then they ask themselves, where is the most likely place that I can make that exponential money back? And yeah. the sad truth is right now, the answer still remains tech. Uh, it still remains tech in, in terms of the ability to scale. Uh, it still remains tech because of the internet. So uh, until we start having funds that are mission-driven, uh, that are social impact-driven, and we're starting to see funds like that. A lot of DFIs are focusing their funds on social impact. Um, a lot of tech companies, um, Google, uh, while they're still there, were starting, and now they've launched their social impact accelerator. Um, Facebook also just announced that they're launching theirs. Uh, uh, Microsoft, I know, has been doing their Microsoft grants for years. So, so until you start to see where people are funding, uh, the, where people's money is coming from, it's like, I don't know, it's like, it's like if, if I give you money with the intention of giving me returns in five years, and then instead of spending my money on things that will give me returns, you're going to say, yeah, you want to find the cure of something. The money can go down the drain, but if the money was yeah. was like it was like a philanthropic fund, or if it was a uh, fund for social good, or if it was CSR, and so that's what we need to say. We need to we need to get to a point where our our, our economy matures to the point that there are specific funds that are focused on other sectors, um, yeah. or there are funds that are longer term. So again, because most VC funds are five year or seven year or at the most ten year funds. What it means is that after five years, they expect you to have turned around money. Uh, if you're doing a, an infrastructural project, if you're doing healthcare, in five years, five years is yes, no longer enough to turn around. So, so those are just some challenges that you see. Um, I, I, you, I was speaking about blockchain earlier. That's that's one of that's one sector that I don't know enough about. That it, it pains me. Do you do you care? Do do you try to do you even try to? Oh, I do, I do. So so let me let me put it this way. Um, I take pride. It's one of my proudest moments in my career. Uh, a, a a year ago, a little over a year ago, actually. Wow, it's almost two years ago. In 2018, late 2018, I um. I, I put out a series of tweets that, look, I want to understand blockchain and I know there are people who want to understand it with me. So I like to have a sit down. So I did one in Abuja and one in Lagos. And um, each event had about 20 people. Well, the Abuja had about 15 people. Lagos had about a little over 20. And so many people, first of all, friendships had been created from those meetups. But um, there's about four people today who have who proper work in blockchain today. Blockchain. And it was, at those meetups, it was at those meetups that they decided. And, and one of them is Yele. Micro, okay, Micro yeah, Yele. Yeah, Micro. yeah, it was from that meetup wow. after the conversation that he was like, yo, you know what? I think I'm going to double down on this. And another one is yeah. uh, Vic, Victor Alagwe. Um, he's, he's an expert. So I have friends who, who um, I have acquaintances who, who know this stuff right now. But I wish I knew it to the point, no. to the level, like I'm just, I look at them when they're talking about it, I'm like, ah, oh, teach me. Or give me a pill that, that has it. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel you, you've already found out your niche that you're like, oh, okay, my heart is completely here. I'm sure, sure at some point you would, but you know, it's just that drive, that unwavering, that, okay, I'm trying to understand Bitcoin. Yeah. And I feel yeah, you want I, to understand it to be competent enough to have a conversation, but. So, so I can do that. So, and I guess it's also part of who I am. I, I, I can explain it to an engineer. I can explain okay. it. To, I, I might be able to explain it to a lame person, but I can't explain it to a six-year-old yet. Okay. Okay. I know there's and different. I, 
Master's. And that's my goal. My goal is to mm-hmm. be able to, I mean, I can find a few examples that just bamboozle my way around. But you know, you can lie to everybody. But yeah. I mean, you can't lie to yourself. Well, some people oh, can sure. lie to themselves, but <laughs> <laughs> I think you're no like, you know you should be able to lie to yourself. Okay. Yeah, guys, I think I think we're going to. Okay, no, let me ask one more question. Let, let's end yeah. this with a stock related question because <laughs> this conversation <laughs> took for the better. I, I personally enjoyed it. Um, so if you had the option to gift your child, do you, do you, uh, do you have a boy or a girl? Um, I have a, I have a daughter. A daughter. Okay. Okay. If you have a 25 years from now, okay, let's, let's, let's go into the future. 25 years from now, you had a, a chance to give your daughter a stock that you would buy today that you feel 25 years from now will be the best <clears throat> legacy, like financial legacy you could leave her. Like what stock would that be? Like, well, it could be Nigeria. It could be America, any, any, anywhere around the world. What company would you bet on that 25 years from now? They, they, they would be, they, they would be stronger than where they are now. Hmm. Probably Amazon. Okay. I think that's, Probably. I think that's the, definitely the safest bet, bet for everyone because the way Amazon yeah. is going, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel the only, the only way they can actually, I think they're going to have to end up being their own. They might have to buy Australia or something. <laughs> Just have their, own, <laughs> have their own country at some point. Country and their own economy, instead of yeah. their own stock exchange. Yeah, it probably mm-hmm. um, and, and I was actually sad because uh, I wanted it to be a Nigerian company, or at least an mm-hmm. African company. But yeah, I, I think I think about the stocks that, um, like I said, I, I was hit badly in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Um, but be, if you go back in time, I think about the stocks that my grandmother used to buy and used to hoard. The um, the Nestle type. Yeah. stocks the some banks the, banks, UBA, first bank, the union yeah. bank the uba is the first bank and those things have they've gone to absolute shites right now um and and, and it saddens me because uh the other safer bet right now is banks but i don't know mm, where yeah. it will be i don't know where it will be in a few yeah. years you know? sure, that's so, true. so my answer is I feel, like we, yeah. I feel like we need a, a tech a tech precedent in nigeria i feel like that's what we need Someone that's just really deep in the tech game to just come in because I feel like that's where a lot of the change will happen. Like, because it's always has to be a top, top to bottom thing. Like, if we have like a tech, yeah. like tech president, like, because you not even that they will have all the answers, but I feel like just from that running a tech company, you would know or be better at surrounding yourself with the right people. You know, that can also help so, you. Like, so, so you, you know how you know how as tech people we think we're. Uh, well, some people are lucky to be highly skilled um, mm. in the business of tech. That's yeah. how government people are skilled in the business of government. government so, yeah. so there's a certain level of bureaucracy that, um, that you need to meet. Um, if you're affecting any change, you need to meet it in the middle. And so definitely having somebody who's tech-focused will definitely shift the, the focus. Um, but it needs to be at all levels. It needs to be from local government to the government, to the governors, to the ministers, to the president. But I agree with you. I agree with you on that line of thinking. Yeah. Well, guys, we've come to the end of this conversation. Uh, thanks for everyone who's sticking by us. I think we've had an, over an hour. <laughs> over an hour. Yeah, we, we've, we've almost had two hours, I know. It's almost two hours. <laughs> it's almost two hours, wow. It's almost two hours. <laughs> 
Yeah, but th thanks everyone for sticking with us. You know, this was very exciting. I hope you learned just as much as I did. And uh, we'll like to thank thank you so much. Thank you for sticking by. You were really, really a good sport. Like <laughs> two hours. Wow. Like, thanks. But, My yeah, pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully we get to do this some other time because there's so many other topics we didn't really get to talk on with the network and everything. But uh, yeah, hopefully, like, thank thankfully it kind of like played out and, you know, got better as time wore on. But uh, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for coming on the Bamboo. Uh, and everyone, if you're trying to get into uh, investments, we have we now have a Telegram group. So you guys can go on there if you're still new trying to learn. We have a really over a thousand members in three days which is really insane to think about but uh yeah there, there there's there there's definitely a huge market there are a lot of people trying to get into stocks you know with the amount of uh risk in terms of just inflation going on in nigeria the violation of the currency you know you definitely do need to you know hedge against that so please check out bamboo community check out uh the bamboo app get into investments you know and just cut your cloth uh cut, cut your clothes according to your cloth or how they put it but uh yeah <sighs> okay everyone uh Thanks for thanks for coming on our live and we'll see you guys next week. All okay. Right. Take it. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Yeah.